0: Welcome to the epicenter of sports and entertainment. This This is the Root Dog Show. Now, here's your host, Rudy Reyes. welcome to the root dog show this is of course rudy ray i still see me on the lower right hand side of your screen wherever that is because i'm not looking at the screen i'm looking somewhere else thank you so much for joining me i really appreciate it all the tuning in i'm live on twitter live on uh today's california uh live on today's canada a and of course um live like again live on twitter i love live on twitter live on twitter seems to be the best probably some of the best that you will probably ever see is broadcasted on Twitter. No, this isn't a shout out. I'm not giving Twitter any praise. Uh, and I don't even think Elon Musk is giving Twitter any praise, especially nowadays. I'm live here. This is Rudy Reyes on the Rude Dog Show. Uh, I want to kick off the show with a little bit of an opinion slash factuality check, if anybody knows what that is. And if you don't, I'll explain that. So something came across and just really struck an interest from my perspective, in regards to what we look at when we think of NBA greats. There's generational greats. There are the GOATs, the greatest of all time. You can have a conversation. It just goes back and forth and it's never ending. But not only is it not never ending, it is an ongoing debate. It will always be an ongoing debate. Why? Because we don't have the greatest basketball player of all time. Why? Because they're all generational. All these GOATs are generational GOATs. So with maybe not the kind you see spitting at you or chewing hay, giving you odd looks out of the side of their face, but when I look at an up-and-coming star, and of course you probably already know what I'm going to lead into, and that is John ja Moran, who had some relatively um, not-so-flattering things, uh, in my opinion, uh, were obviously misguided and relatively inaccurate, if not inaccurate, all the way around for those that are listening, and thank you for tuning in, by the way. Uh, feel free to give me your your thoughts, your process, your opinions. Anything that you may feel the need to spat off, I am the sounding board. So make sure you drop those questions in. I will certainly apply them to the show as I go along. So a lot of things that I really I really respect is the fact that John Morant was pumping himself up. He wants to give himself all the push, the lift, um, the type of, um, I don't know, lift if you will, of his personality because they were ousted early in the Western Conference playoff tournament, or the playing tournament, rather. And what's really interesting about this is that he's one of the best, he's one of the better basketball players in the league, but he's very explosive. He's high energy, high demand. We see a lot of him do a lot of great things for the Memphis Grizzlies. I take nothing away from his basketball playing, his ability to get to the basket, uh and just you know slam it home and call it a day. Thank you Bill for tuning in. I appreciate it. My weekend was great. Glad yours was as well. Thanks for tuning in. I'd certainly appreciate that poker. So I am calling out John Morant, not in the sense of I want to play him one-on-one cuz clearly at 40 years old I am in no condition to battle anybody uh especially John Moraes. He's positive and young as he is. Uh <laughs> This is on today's California because it just is. It's like the sun rising and setting in the east. Thank you, DJ, for tuning in. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I, I think about this, and there's a lot of reasons why. If you were to ever draw on any given player in the NBA, I would like to probably call on one person, one person only. And that's Michael Air Jordan. Yes, I said Air Jordan because that's really the only cloud that anybody's seen uh, behind him because that's where they were looking because he was climbing the steps of invisible air to get to the iron and slam it home. And one of the things that I really have a distaste in my mouth over is the fact that John Moran believes that if he had taken Michael Jordan one-on-one, not only would he cook, he'd be cooking for him, but not only he would cook Michael Jordan, but he would slam over him. Now, if anybody has ever seen, witnessed the feats of Michael Jordan, one thing is for certain, he loves the one-on-one playing style. That is who he is. That embodies Michael Jordan in such a way that allows for other people to take notice of what his fantastic basketball nature was about on the floor. Now, I don't know if John Moran had done his homework. Clearly not. And trying to compare himself to Michael Jordan in the sense that he could take Michael Jordan one-on-one, then he's just a superstar. Yes, there are a lot of superstars. There are a lot of superstars even back when Michael Jordan was playing uh, and, of course, brought all his championships to the Chicago Bulls with guys like Scottie Pippen, Steve Kerr, uh, amongst many other, you know, a whole supporting cast, if you will, of players that helped him achieve the greatness uh, that is Michael Jordan, the championships they're in. They'll be remembered for their own play as well. Make no mistake about that. But when I look at him trying to compare what Michael Jordan was at 21 compared to who John Moran is at 21, there really isn't any comparison whatsoever and should not be any comparison because, well, that's just the way it is. Now, what I do like about what I do like about John Morant is that He's using his pump, he's using his his vibrancy, his youth, and at 21 years of age. Of course, I thought I would be able to you know lasso the moon and pull it back down and maybe knock gravity out of its orbit. But I didn't care about any of that. I was more into getting the moon down on the ground and just showing people that I could actually do it. Well, I obviously couldn't do that, uh, and nor can John Moran take on Michael Jordan. Even in today's NBA, there is no way. That's why Michael Jordan is one of the greatest players probably my number one, if not number two player in the National Basketball Association. Now, with that being said, um, the only reason why I, and I don't give this any merit whatsoever from, from John Morant, other than this is confidence bordering on cockiness. Nobody really likes a cocky person. They don't like cocky players. And to be quite honest with you, I don't think anybody enjoys talking to anyone or being around someone who is cocky. That's the saddest part about it all. And when I look at this, I think to myself, okay, so even even if as good as John Morant is, he could not take his Memphis Grizzly squad and find a way to school the Michael Jordans and his squad of the Bulls. There is just absolutely no way. This is not formidable whatsoever. And sadly, uh, when I think about this, the only thing that John Morant would be able to cook were the sweaty flu-like socks that Michael Jordan had on his feet. And and, in all due respect to to John Morant, there's just, there's no room for this. Not not in the sense of finding out who the greatest of all time is. Yeah, we have our goats. Our today's goat is LeBron James. That's today's goat. Uh, Nobody has yet to dethrone this particular goat. And until they do, until they win as many chips and recognize as one of the top five richest men on the planet, Uh, then you'll have to do your homework and get back to me. I'm going to add another complexity to this. And for those that don't know, they should. Kobe Bryant was probably number one, number two. I'm not giving anybody any particular order, so don't even ask. (laughs) This is one or two. And Kobe being Bryant, again, one of those guys that will light you up one-on-one, that's his game. That's his moniker. That's just who Kobe Bryant is. There is no mistake about it. You cannot rephrase it. You cannot recategorize who Kobe Bryant is. Uh, and and more importantly, what he meant to the game of basketball. Of course, sadly, we did lose him. However, when I look at this, John Morant would end up getting smoked like a sausage was in a smoker for about three hours, right? Because we know basketball games probably about two hours. Commercial two and a half, three, go to overtime, probably three, three and a half. And the saddest part is, is that John Moran could not battle either one of these guys one on one and one court, one on the other in another court. There's just no way. He would get schooled too quickly. Now, if you were to give him five years, a couple chips, uh, could he be as explosive as LeBron James was when he was 21? Absolutely. No question about it. I don't think anybody can argue that point. But when it comes to him uh, in, in instinctively, by his own nature, telling everybody who's listening, anybody who's watching, anybody cares to listen, that he can take on Michael Jordan is absolutely insane. There's a reason why Michael Jordan's called his airness. Anybody want to know what that is? Chime in. Please, please do. And of course, David Johnson, thanks, David, for tuning in. Now a long way to go to respect. And respect is earned. Michael earned a respect. Yes, he did. He not only earned his respect, but he earned the titles that he has as well. Don't ask Scotty Pippen that question because he may come out with a different answer. But more importantly, he couldn't have done it without Scotty Pippen. That's just a standard fact. Anybody who knows that, David, knows that just as well. And what, what's really defeatist uh, about John Morantz is that he's disrespecting people that have came before him when I say came before him, I don't mean that I'm stating that he's better than him or this guy's better than him or this guy. No, what I'm saying is, is that he's trying to compare his abilities in today's NBA, even at 21 years of age, comparing it to the all-time greatness that is Michael Jordan. There is no comparison. This is even up for debate. There's no debate. Um, I'm not even debating it, to be quite honest with you. This is Rudy Reyes on today's California, today's Canada. This will be on the RootDogShow.com. Throw me a follow on Twitter. I like that kind of thing at Rood Dog Reyes on Twitter. And when I think of Michael Jordan, and even during that flu game, even a flu game, John Morant could not school Michael Jordan. As a matter of fact, Jordan did not allow for that flu to affect his gameplay. Not in the slightest. He played even better, as a matter of fact. But it's not about, it's not about the shots you make. The shots he takes about the shots you make. and the ones that he made were the ones that were the game winners, the ones that were the daggers, the ones that closed out games convincingly because it was a shot that was made. Now, when I when I look at this, I think to myself, "Okay, this is this is relatively." Thanks, Bernadette. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, David. I, amen to that as well. When I look at Michael Jordan, and you know. Forgive me, I'm just going to go on a tangent here for half a second. If you're old enough to remember Michael Jordan at his absolute best in some way, and you want to compare it to watching Morant play, you would need a big bag of Cheetos, 124 pack of light beer. Maybe not even then could there be a comparison. There's no way that John Morant would be able to handle school, cook Michael Jordan, maybe cook for him, but not cook michael jordan there's just absolutely no way and what i'd like to see from Rand out of all of this out of out of this entire tirade that he went on about how he can slam down over michael jordan and all the other i call them obscenities they may not be obscenities but they may as well be because he was talking a bunch of smack i would want for him to evolve as a person go back and do your homework first of all son secondly as a player again win some titles gain some experience gain some playoff experience even more than what he had after getting ousted by the timberwolves the closer and closer that he could get would get closer to lebron james not michael jordan now i know michael jordan's got more rings and that's wonderful we can we can have that conversation it's not really up for debate but the euphemisms are on point maria yes thank you I appreciate that. Happy day. Well, don't forget, <laughs> MJ did it while he was in the Blues playing for North Carolina. That's why there's Carolina Blue, because of Michael Jordan, because he put that school on his back and on the map. But I would suggest that Morant needs to peak, and I don't mean just professional, I mean from a game-playing standpoint, from winning championships more metal on the floor i think he would be much more consistent in so many different ways i can possibly imagine him having this conversation five to seven years from now at least at least we can revisit this conversation at that point if you'd like and we could certainly do just that but i for one and, and boiling over with my own set of confidence and, and bubbling over with enthusiasm, being able to accomplish goals. But at the same time, remember, I was there a few years ago, striving for the opportunities to get into forums and, you know, interview players and would-be Hall of Famers and ended up turning into Hall of Famers. Uh, you know, I've, I've, I've done that. I've done that. Am I done doing it? No. And neither is John Morant. J- John Morant is not done playing in the NBA. And you're right, maturity is, is is earned based on the stripes because zebras don't change the stripes and cheetahs don't change their spots. Thank you that, for that, David Johnson. I appreciate it. And I would probably suggest that when Morant's walking a thin line as a part of that conversation, you can have that conversation. But I really believe that when you're part of a team, and, and by no means do, do I put the grizzlies in, in, in the same category as the eighty, you know, the eighty-nine Bulls, eighty seven bulls, eighty bulls, I don't think there's any candle that could can touch those guys on that level during that that time frame, that time period. So to put the whole squad of the Grizzlies against the Chicago Bulls that have Michael Jordan, Sky, Pippen, Steve Kerr, and it's just it's not not feasible. It's not even recommended for that matter. This is, this is PG-13 to even suggest that. And when I think to myself, man, what interview have I ever had with any given NBA player who's ever replied in confidence, pure, strict, unadulterated confidence, not cockiness, then again, again, that's all about perception, but confidence to suggest that his team needed nothing else whatsoever to get them past the hump, to get them to win a championship. Then you go hire D'Antoni Big mistake. Houston Rockets with James Harden Harden on it. I I asked him the same question, the 2018 NBA Awards. I said, so is there anything that you're going to need moving forward in order to get the Rockets to a championship? And he said very, very strictly, very pointedly, very directly. No, I don't think we need anything whatsoever. Okay, I, I can respect that. I can respect his level of confidence because at that point, he was on his prime. In his prime, he's not what he was, but that was when he was in his prime. And unfortunately, it was only four years ago, sadly, isn't it? But when I think about getting swept, and of course, John Morant, Comeback Player of the Year, that in of itself is a little much. Michael Jordan never received that award, never needed to. Because he was never a comeback player of the year. Maybe they should have given out a different award, playing with the flu award. Just saying. I expect that a lack of maturity you know, seems to some of seems to be to some of those players, man, albeit NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball, who may have not said anything out loud, who may have put the championship where their mouth is. Then again, you have guys that are open to it. Draymond Green certainly did it. He did it in the finals. He would not shut up. And you know what? He doesn't have to. He's got four chips. Not a lot of people could say that. But those elite players, and they can say almost whatever they want, good, bad, and indifferent. But when you can win, and you can do it consistently, and you put the championship where your mouth is, and you win it, you put the championship back in your hand for that matter. It doesn't even matter. And if you have boasting of oneself's lack of maturity, that's what happens when you're 21 years of age. Thank you, Maria, for that. That's a good point. don't have too much time i wanted to go into this a little bit more in detail but i don't i don't know i don't have to say it for another time unfortunately i guess i'll touch on it a little bit here i have my rankings of what the uh, of what the running backs could possibly do what their records were last year and what they'll need to do moving forward based on kind of picking up where they left off last year and of course, there's some players that, you know, may have gotten the totes, may have gotten the carries, segue right into the NFL. Of course, the NFL season is right around the corner. And I will be at the Virgin Hotel and Casino in Las Vegas. Vivo, Las Vegas. Don't tell me I sound like Elvis, because that'd be a lie. But I'm certainly going to be there along with the rest of the Sports Kings crew. So check us out if you're there. We're going to be live. It's going to be a wonderful time. You have two other guys that uh, I really enjoy being on air with. We're going to have a podcast of that as well. That'll be on. So stay tuned for that. Always good stuff here. But one of the hardest divisions in the NFL to play in is not what you might think. Or it could very well be. Last year we Cincinnati, seen the Cincinnati Bengals go to the Super Bowl. When did you think that was going to happen? You had Joe Mixon all over the place last year for the Cincinnati Bengals as they finished their season 10 and seven I didn't get a chance to cover them while at the Super Bowl prior to basically getting manhandled by the Los Angeles Rams and the Rams walked walk the walk and they talked the talk they won a championship again talking championships winners talk about championships the losers only hope to have one let's Put that in the hat and stick it on the head, shall we? Last year we seen J.K. Dobbins of the Baltimore Ravens. They finished their season a disappointing eight and nine in the AFC North. I look for him to have something, I don't know, maybe a little bit similar. Lamar Jackson deal is still not done. He doesn't have a lot of weapons. He's a weapon himself. More importantly, in interviewing him in 2018 as well at the NFL draft when he was drafted 32nd overall in the first round. Certainly had nothing but, but well tamed confidence. Not cockiness, confidence. Big difference. Thank you, everybody, for tuning in. This is Rudy Reyes on Today's California. Today's Canada. The Rude Dog Show on Twitter, at Rude Dog Reyes on Twitter. And then we've seen the Steelers, who essentially, Ben Roethlisberger retired, We see Najee Harris, who certainly was a guy that had the rock, toted it well, had an extremely promising rookie season, no doubt about it, with an exiting Ben Roethlisberger. It's going to be interesting, to say the very least, for Pittsburgh. Find out where that's going to lie. Then we see the Cleveland Browns, who unloaded on on Baker Mayfield this offseason, sending him to Carolina, a fifth-round pick. Obviously, they didn't think very highly of him throwing with a torn labrum. I don't think anybody wants to throw with a torn labrum. Do you? I don't. And superbly enough, Carolina doesn't have to pay that much of a penalty. And they get a fifth-round pick. Not too shabby. So Cincinnati, Pittsburgh, Cleveland, Baltimore, I look for that to change a little bit. When I say a little bit, I mean as far as wins versus losses. I think the Steelers find themselves at 500. The Browns, 500, because they still don't know if Deshaun Watson is going to get a year suspension. I suspect that he is. I won't give my personal opinion there, but I suspect he will get a year-long suspension and not six months, not four games, not three games, but a year. I anticipate that. But what they did have last year was a duo of Chubb and Hunt. And boy, did they do just that. They hunted. Chubb hunted and Hunt hunted. They're hunting for daylight. And they broke it quite a bit. I, I think Baltimore takes a step back. I think they find themselves maybe at, at 500, along with the Steelers. We'll see, we'll see if those corrections are there. But you know what's interesting? Is that as competitive as the Cincinnati Bengals were last year, I don't see them doing that this year. I see them actually finding themselves struggling to get back to the glory and how they were able to get themselves there against the Rams in Los Angeles, even though the Rams were not the home team. I don't know about the baggage, though, David. The baggage for Baker Mayfield was the Cleveland baggage. He left that baggage back. We're not talking troubled NFL players because Baker Mayfield didn't have any offseason issues that I knew of. Maybe you heard something I didn't. Carolina doesn't have any issues other than they have too many quarterbacks. Matt Corral, they drafted. Baker Mayfield, Will Greer, Sam Darnold. What do you do? Trade bait for a couple of them? Practice squad for one? Who knows? We'll have to see how that goes. I think Carolina is definitely moving up in the world, but we're not going to have time to talk about that as, as well. Thank you. I appreciate that. Oh, well, okay, maybe. You know what? Baker Mayfield's ego was probably bigger than he wanted it. But you know what? Cleveland Browns fans didn't even want him there to begin with. Another another time for another show. What do you think about that? Maybe an hour next time. Hey, okay. <laughs> I'm not in Canada. This is Rudy Reyes on the Root Dog Show. I'm on today's California Live on Twitter at Root Dog Reyes. Make sure you like it, love it, comment. As you can see, comments are ongoing. I know there's a slight delay in it, so I apologize for that delay. Last but not least, I want to touch on the climbing NFC North. We didn't see a whole lot from these guys, and I'm not going to say that they're not great, but I wanted to see more runs, more runs per carry. Watching daylight. Dave Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, both of those guys, one-two punch there in Chicago. Detroit Lions, obviously they didn't do very well from a record standpoint. They finished three and thirteen, and well below five hundred with a new head coach. Could be the same Detroit Lions this year. Maybe they climb up a game or two. Hate to see that franchise go down though, and, and on the same road they have been. That's the saddest part of all. Chicago Bears don't know where they're going to land, even though they have the one-two punch. Their, their question is going to be whether or not they can you know, utilize Montgomery in a way to free up Justin Fields. Because last year, it was ugly. It was very ugly. I'm just glad they got rid of Matt Nagy. That definitely did a whole lot to free up mentalities and attitudes and demeanors. Maybe maybe play calling as well. Just a thought. Swift went for over 1,000 scrimmage yards. Jones and Dillon went over 4,000. And Cook was a pro bowler for a third straight season out of Minnesota. Not bad. Green Bay Packers are going to have to find a way to circumvent for not having Devontae Adams as he goes over to the Oakland, uh, excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders. We're going to find out what that actually looks like because I'm I'm very excited to see what they were able to uncover in the offseason as they head into the regular season, being able to, uh, I don't know, maybe recreate the magic they had at Fresno State. I think Fields needs to ball out. I really believe that he has the propensity. He has the talent. He has the skill. I've seen it. And I've seen glimpses of it. But play calling and situational football calling, horrible in, in Chicago. And it has been for quite some time. I was looking at some of the stuff that Jim uh, Jimmy Mann posted just looked an absolute night and day opposite of what the today's Chicago Bears looks like. Trick plays, made you think the ball is going one direction, when it was going over the top, thrown by uh, a, a running back to Jim McMahon wide open in the left-hand part of the end zone. You don't see that happen in Chicago. Haven't. I know I haven't. I wish, I wish I were a fish, says Justin Fields. AFC South, this is very interesting. I I really like the AFC South running backs. They're pretty brutal. Of course, when you've seen the, you know, when you see the Indianapolis Colts last year, Jonathan Taylor, they end up getting Matt Ryan from Atlanta. What a deal. It's a big deal for Matt Ryan. I like it. I like the combo. He gets to relive maybe his glory years that he had with Atlanta. In Indianapolis now, hopefully getting him to a Super Bowl run. Woo! Matt Ryan, when he gets hot, he gets hot. He didn't have all the pieces. Even with a dual-headed monster when they faced off against the New England Patriots. Wow. Naheem Hines, guys a beast, runs downhill. 40 speeds, insane. Philip Lindsay, free agent, came over uh, from Denver, I believe. You have a Houston Texans who's continually on this... Rebound March. They finished sixth and thirteen last year. That doesn't bode well for them. They got. They have to get that running play in order. Mac needs to open open those doors, and the offensive line needs to do their job in order to make that a reality. But then you look at Tennessee Titans. It's all Derrick Henry, big Derrick Henry. The guy's a beast. He'll run you over. He'll take you from the field to the beach, from Tennessee to Florida. And whatever that means, Shabab, because I know how to spell, but that is not something I understand. <laughs> I appreciate you chiming in, though. Thanks. Keep rolling. Keep going with that. Right now, the AFC South is probably the best running back division since they have the two top running backs between Henry and Taylor. This is going to be probably a more competitive season for these guys, especially Jacksonville, who no longer have Oscar Mayer, Wiener. I mean, um, their former head coach. Houston Texans need to open it up with some familiar head coaching as well. I like Indianapolis. I like where they're headed. Tennessee Titans are still the team to beat despite the quarterback paradigm. I don't know if he's going to be the guy or not be the guy or who's going to be the guy. Yeah, I'm kind of shaking my head at that one as well, Maria. You know, apart from those guys, I, th- I think Jaguars and Texans are, are again on their way up. They are on the rise. How far? I don't know, but they're rising like bread. You just need them out there. NFC South. I'm just rolling today. Get it? Need roll? <laughs> NFC South. Tampa Bay Buccaneers. No stomping Tom Brady. Nope. Sorry. It's it's going to be closer though. I don't like the fact that Alvin Kamara has just not returned to form as to who he was and what he was and what he meant to the New Orleans Saints them battling out in regards to who the quarterback is going to be. I, it's going to be Jameis Winston. That's all I know. But they need to draft someone else, which is I could have believed they would have done something like that already, but they did not. Carolina now has Baker Mayfield, Chris McCaffrey. Can he stay healthy? That remains to be seen. He's been injured the last couple of years. He can tote the rock, but never given an opportunity to carry it through. They have Chuba, huh, Chuba Hubbard. They'll say that 10 times fast. Dante Freeman, former third-headed monster of that uh, Atlanta Falcons, backfield with Matt Ryan under center. Mark Ingram from the Saints, going to have to get to it. Alvin Kamara is going to have to get back on that horse. And right into LeFleur. Buccaneers, Leonard Fournette. Yeah, he's serviceable. He's usable. He's got a Super Bowl ring. He can still tote the rock. You know what you got to do. Speaking of that, I know what I have to do, and I got to get out of here. This is Rudy Reyes on therooddogshow.com. Again, throw me a follow. I love him. Love talking football. Love talking sports, NBA, NFL, Major League Baseball. We're going to be lining all that up as well here on the show. And if you want to advertise, let me know. At Rood Dog Reyes on Twitter. Email me at Show at hotmail dot com. This will be posted on the root dog show.com. Speaking of dot coms. <laughs> Thank you everybody. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in. And uh if you have any questions, any comments, feel free to uh plug them in because I always love them. Thank you, David, Maria, the undescribable verbiage, Bernadette, Dylan, even though you don't like the fact that I'm on today's California, but that's okay you'll love it. You'll get used to it. (laughs) I appreciate you. Thank you very much for tuning in. All right, guys, have a great night. Thank you.